Casey's Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Kansas City's best. Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. Each guest shares their personal stories of life in Kansas City and discuss the brands they have built. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guest is Leslie Newsom, owner of Antler Room. Alongside her husband, Nick, they opened Antler Room in October of 2016. Nick began his professional career as a congressional aide in Topeka. After realizing that was not his dream, he took advice from his sister and studied at the French Culinary Institute in New York City. Leslie began her career in restaurants nearly 20 years ago as a server with Rudy's Mexican Restaurant in Kansas City while she was attending UMKC. As her passion grew, she took a position with Room 39. At the direction of Ted and Howard Hanna, in 2016, Leslie sought to further her food and beverage experience in New York at the Modern as a server and bartender. Leslie and Nick met in Kansas City while both following their passion in the industry. While watching an episode of Anthony Bardane, Parts Unknown, they discussed the prospects of Nick doing an internship in Noma in Copenhagen. The couple traveled to Denmark in April of 2015. While Leslie was traveling the world and formulating a business plan for their future restaurant, Nick was experiencing and learning more than he ever thought possible. He made close connections with highly trained chefs from all over the world. They left Europe wide-eyed and ready to take their next adventure together. Here to talk all about Antler Room and their unique menu is Leslie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I love Antler Room. I've been a handful of times and one of the last times I went, I took my boyfriend there for the first time and we still talk about that date all the time. We always talk about what we ordered. We talked about the soup dumplings, which I want to get into in a little bit, but we had, we had such a great experience. So I would love to hear, you know, a little more about your experience in Denmark and then how you were originally coming up with your business plan for Antler Room. Yeah. So we, um, we basically decided when we were living in Kansas city, where Nick and I met that we wanted to do something more, but we didn't know what that meant. So he hates hot weather and I hate cold weather. So we came up with moving to San Francisco and as our kind of in-between option and, um, ended up moving and going to look at different restaurants, different styles. So Nick really wanted to learn from a restaurant that did high volume at a really high level. And then I wanted to learn from a husband and wife team, specifically where the husband cooked and the wife did all the front of house. So we luckily ended up both getting jobs where we wanted to work. Uh, And then after it was, I would probably say a little over a year in there, we ended up, we got married in San Francisco and then Nick started looking into going to Noma and I didn't ever really think that was a possibility. I kind of saw it as very unreachable for either of us to be able to do. 
Nick applied on a whim and got through the first round of applications. So we started kind of making plans and figuring out what can we do? How can we make this work? How can we figure this out financially? And with, through a lot of finagling with finances, made it, made it a possibility and then uh, ended up going. And I was so excited because I had never been to Denmark or Scandinavia for that matter. And I love traveling. So I got to have fun the whole time. And Nick worked so, so, so hard every day. <laughs> and it was a really great experience. It really helped solidify that we could do it. We just needed to figure out where and how uh, once we got back to Kansas City. But we knew because Nick is very close to his family that he always wanted to be back here. And we knew that because we have connections here, his father works in construction. We had a lot of family that can do things that it would be the most affordable option for us to open something in Kansas City. When you were coming up with this business plan, what, in terms of the menu items, what were the things that you were coming up with? You know, the restaurant industry is obviously very competitive. So how are you deciding, okay, what's going to make us unique? What are we going to put on there that Kansas City isn't offering right now? Yeah, we, that was a really interesting process because we honestly were starting to open the restaurant and starting construction with not having any actual menu ideas. We had been doing pop-ups and kind of testing the waters to see where that could happen. But what we did know is that we loved the dining scene in San Francisco, definitely in LA, these super fresh, smaller portions that the West Coast had to offer. Because we were finding ourselves whenever we would come back to visit that we were ordering mostly off of appetizer portions of menus. So, because then we could try more things. We could, we like to try, we like to experience. We weren't getting these palate fatigues from ordering, you know, a Caesar salad, a steak and whatever dessert, just the very stereotypical. We found ourselves kind of getting palate fatigue from that. And then, you know, by that time you're halfway through finished with the steak, you're trying to share it with whomever you're with and because you want to try some of theirs. And we just knew that by having food that was very spice and technique driven, that it would right there would be a lot more, it would be outside of the box of what people had been having here typically in Kansas City. It was a very interesting conversations that when we were getting our bank loan, when we were trying to tell people, you know, what we're doing there, they still, we get comments, you know, what are your entrees? And it's like, no, we want you share that dish with your, whoever you came with, you get six things and try them all. And so we really, we wanted to come from approach of not focusing on the traditional, you know, salt, fat, meat, veg, starch plate. And just something that was really concentrated with umami and flavor and left you feeling more of a craving and more of a satisfied versus just feeling full. One of the things I love about your restaurant is how the menu items change. So when I went for the first time, 
had to have been maybe three years ago. I went with my sister and some family members and we're all very adventurous eaters. We were sharing a lot of plates. It was so fun. And then the second time I went, I went with a friend and was like, oh my gosh, this menu is completely different, which for someone who's a foodie is so exciting to go to a restaurant that you already know has great cuisine, great flavor, great service, great drinks. And then to be able to experience a whole new menu is just fun. So was that sort of always in the plan as well to kind of do seasonal and sort of rotate your menu through throughout the seasons? We talked about seasonality as definitely a part of it, but we also talked about it's honestly just because Nick and I are here all the time, we get bored and I hate seeing the same dishes over and over again. So that was a lot of it. COVID has honestly changed our frequency of changing menu items, but we do, I mean, I put a lot of probably more pressure than I should on the kitchen to change things because like if I see one more whatever dish, I get really bored of it. So it's, you know, I'm constantly changing the wine. I always try to change the cocktails a lot, but it's really, there's seasonality to it, but a lot of it is just, we love change and we get bored. So (laughs) I love that. And I love the honesty. And so going back to when you first had job in the restaurant industry at Rudy's, you know, were you already started thinking I'm so captivated about with this industry, you know, I can see myself furthering my education or was there, you know, what was it about this industry that hooked you and made you think that you could eventually become a business owner? I, I think the challenge of it, honestly, I mean, so I actually, I started hosting and busing at this restaurant that's no longer open anymore when I was 14 and I was so shy. I still am not a type A personality. I, but I have learned to morph into being what I need to be and expending as much energy as I can without feeling exhausted from it. But I always remember my senior year of high school, my teacher said to me, she said, you were not like a flower that bloomed, but an entire bouquet that blossomed. And I really attribute all of that to working in an industry that forces you to have to be in front of people, have to talk to people, have to work in a fast paced environment, but deal with a very changing, you know, there's something new every day, something different. Every personality is different. Every table is different. So the, my first serving job at Rudy's, I was petrified. The, I remember the manager, she said, why do you look scared when you're walking around? And I said, because I am. I, I want to do a really good job and this, it's scary, but you, you learn so much and you learn really quickly. And yeah, I still, there's every week, something happens that just blows my mind. Like what someone said, whether it was awful or wonderful or what something that happened, uh, that just, I don't know. I just don't think there's you could be in an office job and have the type of experiences that you have working in restaurants and the, the challenges that come up, you know, while similar to everyone has similar things, but alcohol probably makes some of that happen a little bit easier. 
so speaking of some of the challenges, what have some of the most challenging things been that you've had to face owning a business and in Kansas City, in the restaurant industry, you know, getting through COVID? What has that been like, you know, kind of all wrapped together? It's definitely been a roller coaster. I, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot of educating guests about what we were doing and how, because we didn't have investors, that we weren't going to morph our vision just because someone thought we should have a burger on our menu. And it made a lot of people really upset, but it helped us weed out the people that, I don't know, there are lots of restaurants for everyone. And we, it made us fully realize like, we don't have to be for everyone and that's okay. We're small and it's just Nick and I, like we, I don't have to worry about paying someone at the end of the year. We pay our staff and pay ourselves. And that I think was really liberating. And then while things were really ramping up, then COVID hit and it was just this rug had been ripped out from underneath us and caused us to, I mean, we pivoted, we were only closed for two days and we immediately started doing the sandwich shop and our bottle shop and got things going. All we cared about was getting our bills paid and getting the staff paid. And we made it happen and we learned so much. And now I think it helped us figure out where we can pull back a little bit. You know, Nick has done such a great job his dad got diagnosed with ALS last year. And so it's been a really hard transition, him figuring out how much to be at the restaurant, how much to be with his family. And he's now figured out, especially because of COVID, that it's okay to step back a little bit and that this place will run, we'll, everyone will figure it out. And we're all smart and everyone collectively cares about the product that we're putting out at the end of the day. So our staff has been just incredible in helping us make that happen. I'm so sorry to, to hear about next dad. I was going to ask you that the balance between personal life and professional life, especially when owning a business throughout this podcast, talking to business owners, I found that I think it's harder when your life is your business and your business is your life. And to be able to separate the two can be really challenging. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a perfect formula for it, but I do. I know in the beginning, that's all that Nick and I could talk about. That's it, it really. And then he was really good about getting on me saying, when we go to dinner, can we not talk about the restaurant? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, sorry, sorry. It's just, it became very automatic. But now that, so we're actually this week, um, we're in the process of finalizing all our rebranding. So we're super excited. And like, we finally, after five and a half years, have a vision and know what we're doing and know what we want everything to look like and feel like and be and trying to pull away from the restaurant being Nick and me and trying for it to just be what it is. So that's, I don't know. I know even just the little changes that have happened so far already, I can feel a little bit of relief coming up and I'm 
I booked a trip with some friends and I never do that. So I was really excited. You, I, you definitely deserve, deserve a break. So what are some of the things that are going to be changing in this rebrand? Uh, so many things. So the menu idea and that whole concept of the food that will stay the same. We may start throwing on a few more casual items here and there, but the look of the menus, the website is changing the signage out front, even down to the bathroom signs, the curtains we just got installed. We have bright pink velour curtains, which I never thought I would have in this space because I'm very much a neutral color person, but uh, some artwork stuff that's um, changing. Nick's sister is doing a whole new um, artwork piece and my dad is recreating the wooden logo on the front of the host stand and it's all... It's been a lot. We've been working since August on everything. So I'm really excited to finally for it to come to fruition. That's so exciting. I tend to be someone who I don't mind change. I think I kind of invite change. I I think similar to you, I get bored easily. I feel like I always am looking for new things, sort of a joke with my friends that I don't like sitting on the couch, like a night sitting on my couch, catching up on TV sounds just too boring to me. I'm always looking for an adventure. So that's exciting that there are uh, some new, new things coming on. And then is there anything new on the menu that will be coming up? They, there are things that are being worked on. I don't have the finalized ideas yet, but I know there's several cocktail things in beverage department that we have been playing with. And I don't know, just kind of fully embracing summer at this point since it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very hot. So speaking of menu items, do you have a favorite dish that you have served at Antler Room in the past? Or is there something that when you think of, oh my gosh, I love that we did that. Is there a dish that instantly comes to mind? I, it's funny because there's a lot of things I don't remember until someone brings it up. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that, which is, it's just odd. We've really done so many dishes over the last few years that there's too many to kind of think about, but actually the one on the menu currently that I even sent Nick a text and said, I think this is my favorite pasta you've ever done. So it's a mezzaluna pasta, which is a half moon shaped filled with smoked eggplant and then it has smoked mussels and morel mushrooms and the sauce is a it's a butter sauce but it's made with chicken stock and a bunch of herbs so it's very umami driven and rich without feeling heavy it was just one of those ones the cooks were asking me if I was okay because I ate it so fast but it was just I was like oh my god why is it gone I want three more of them And I don't, I don't usually say that with that much intensity. I'm usually like, okay, that was really good. Thank you. Or this needs a little bit of salt or something like that. But that one is my, my current favorite. That sounds absolutely delicious to me. I I love all of those things. And another menu item I want to bring up are your soup dumplings, which I have had the pleasure of having multiple times. I always get very excited when I hear it's on the menu It's actually the dish to me when the first time I went, we had them. They were so good. I went with four people to order them and 
I think we might have gotten at least one or two more orders after all the other amazing food we'd ordered. And that is the dish that I had continuously brought up to my boyfriend and said, you know, their menu is amazing. It changes all the time. Let's go. And we went and they just, you guys were serving soup dumplings when we went. And that is the dish that we kind of continuously talk about. So is that something you guys feel like you're known for? Or how did they, how did that become a menu item? Yeah, well, so they are off the menu right now. So I have to get attached to something else new. But so Nick and his sister grew up fencing and they became super close with a family from the Republic of Georgia. So they, Nick would go over there and eat all of his mom's food and he became so obsessed with it. So he, there are certain things on the menu that stem from that. And so those were an inspiration from his friend, Mike's mom. She came in and she said they were a very good try, but, (laughs) but she, she was really happy and that was very flattered that Nick would do some things in honor of her. And we're also uh, going in October a company called Modern Adventurous, we're, go, we're hosting a trip to Republic of Georgia. So really excited to actually get to experience those flavors and that style of cooking kind of firsthand. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. That's, that's very funny. She said that it was <laughs> a, a good try. So where else are Nick and his team getting inspiration for what's being made in the kitchen? I, a lot of... Asia, Japan, specifically uh, Korea, I, it seems to morph. It's a lot of the kind of, I would say the spice route. So Asia, India, all the way through Mediterranean. I don't know. They come up with all these ideas. And Nick always tells me he comes up with his best ideas when he's super stressed out. So not maybe the best, but I think, you know, when people are put under pressure, things just kind of happen and all of the kitchen staff collaborate so well. And, you know, one will come up with part of the idea. The other person comes with up with the rest of the idea. Then it just kind of morphs over the next couple of weeks. And it's really fun because I just get to be the taste tester and I'm really glad that they trust my palate because I tell them that mine is the, the general public. So just, uh, (laughs) as long as you, I'm happy, then it's, it's really good. I was going to say, yeah, it's not a bad job to have of being the official food taster. I would, I think I would probably sit at the bar and just say like, I I think I need to double check to make sure that the, you know, flavors were, were just right. If you could bring a little more. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So when you are not running a business, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? We love dining out. That is, we dine out when we can. And then we also usually are trying to plan some sort of trip in our off time. Like where can we go? Where, where next do we want to experience? I don't know. There's, I'm so glad there's a lot of, a lot more restaurants are kind of opening recently. It seems to kind of go in some waves, but I've been obsessed with Earl's premiere recently. I I cannot get enough. So that's my, my spot. And I think Nick actually tonight was trying to talk me into going, but we'll see. (laughs) 
It is so good. I went for the first time for lunch um, just a couple weeks ago and I thought it was fabulous. I loved the interior and the vibe. And I love that uh, for anyone who has not been to Earl's premiere, it recently opened on 55th and near Holmes, I believe. You, you would think that the restaurant has been there for a hundred years when you walk in the it's made to look like it's old and worn down but in this really cute like vibey way I don't know how else to explain it yeah yeah so charming you feel like you're on the east coast and I know that they pride themselves on how often they are getting shipments of their oysters for uh, their raw oyster bar and so really love that spot where where else in Kansas City what are some of your favorite uh, places to dine out I Waldo Thai obviously it's incredible and I love everyone that works there the Princess Garden if it was open I am so sad and I completely understand that they're closed now on the days that were closed so I can't really go there very often but I love that family so much and I wish they would continue it forever but I understand that they their kids do not want to take it over because this business is hard and they're getting older but it's just that's one of those places that I discovered way too late and I always am so happy to get a pina colada and have some duck and crab rangoon and I'm I don't know it's just one of those one of those kind of timeless places I always kind of have my list later um, after the fact but there's so many I mean I for Mexican food I still I love going to Rudy's so much the I get the same thing every single time, no matter what. And I can't help it because usually I'm a person that switches it up, but there I get the same thing every time. It's fun and it's exciting to see what else is out there and that new new things and new growth seems to be happening. And once the new airport gets finished, it'll be so amazing. Yes, lots of new and exciting things coming to Kansas City. Within Kansas City and the restaurant industry, do you feel like there's this really close-knit sort of sense of community? Do you feel like you always know what's going on with, you know, other restaurants or do you feel like there's a strong sense of that in Kansas City? Yeah, I I think there's groups within that. So it ends up being, you know, kind of... I would say people that work at similar style restaurants are more connected. Like if you work at a bar and grill, you, all the people that kind of work at those type of places are more connected. If you work at a little bit more fine dining, or if you work at dive bars, they, it seems to be those people kind of travel in packs and our one true connection, I would say is the different liquor reps around town that keep everyone informed of things. And there is also I don't know. I, social media is honestly probably where I learn the most and get to see stuff. But I did take the restaurant and me off of Facebook. I got I had my limit over the holidays and decided that that wasn't the avenue that I wanted to pursue. I understand Facebook can be a very tricky place. I use Facebook. I'm a part of like the Kansas City Food Forum. Mm -hmm. which is really fun to see where people post because it's sort of a lot of people who post on there typically from what I see post a lot of the like hidden gems in Kansas City. So they're not posting about the 
you know, chain restaurants on higher 19th and, you know, whatever, not posting about Brio on the plaza. I mean, they're really posting about the brick and mortar, the mom and pop, the local entrepreneur restaurants in Kansas City that, you know, they want to promote, which is obviously something that I love to do through this podcast or, or my Kinsey Instagram, but I enjoy being a part of the food forum just because there's so many restaurants that I've never even heard of. And I see someone post on there, but I also understand that Facebook, let's just say I solely look at food. Yes. And yes. I, I have like my glasses, my narrow glasses on, and I don't pay attention to anything else. So yeah. Yeah, no, that that's smart. That is definitely if I could I do miss on out on seeing when everyone's birthdays are. So I'm sorry to all the people that I stopped telling you happy birthday because I don't keep track anymore. But yeah, no, it has there are certain things that I do miss out on, but mentally I am feeling a little clearer. Yes, absolutely. And so back to, you know, life in Kansas City and you said, Nick, his family's from Kansas City, he's very close. You guys sort of always knew that you, know, you would be coming back and, and starting a restaurant here. You know, what do you love about Kansas City and love, you know, being here and the fact that your life is, has been built here? Yeah, I think it, the one of the things that is a positive and a negative for me is how comfortable and easy it is. The, the fact that we could open the restaurant that we did, we know that there's, there's no way we could have done this for the amount that we did in any other big city. And that has been so amazing. And I think the, the blossoming curiosity of the people here, while a lot of people are very comfortable and like to stay in their food comfort zones. There are a lot of people that maybe not necessarily from here, maybe they're transplants, maybe whatever that are really open to having a new experience. And that's been really wonderful to see the, even from when we open to now that we don't have to do as much explaining to people about what we do and why we're doing it. It's more people are ready for the adventure. They want to see, I always quote my grandfather who just turned 90, he came to eat here for the first time. And he said, you know, Les, I don't know anything I ate, but it was the best thing I ever ate. And it was just really, that's, I was like, yes, great. I'm so, I love that you said that. And that's what I want to hear. You know, if someone that is 90 can be comfortable with what we're doing I mean, there may be some bias there, but, you know, at least he's open to it and was excited. He said we awoke his palate. That's a nice compliment. I was going to say, especially for someone of such youthful age, like (laughs) tens, people in that uh, age demographic tend to very much stick to what they know and what they are, as as you said, are comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. So- if, if there was something about Kinsey that you could change, what would that be? If we could get some international flights that I would make me really happy or even just some more extensive public transportation, that would be super nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really, 
if I could just fly from Kansas City to like London over a weekend, that would be super great. Maybe someday. Yes, that would that would be great. I'm actually going on a, a two week Europe trip with my sister in a couple weeks. It's neither yeah. of us studied abroad, and so. But yeah, of course, coming from Kansas City, I'm having to fly to Chicago and then we're flying straight from Chicago to Amsterdam. And on our way home, we're coming from Lisbon. So we're flying from Lisbon to Dulles in DC, which I'm not excited to be in that airport and then DC to Kansas City. So yes, I I wish I was not having to have as many inter (laughs) flights. Make it just a 12 hour day instead of a 24 hour day. Be nice. Exactly. I don't mind planes, but I definitely don't like sitting on planes for long periods of time. So (laughs) back to Antler Room, you said you have your rebranding you're currently working on and some exciting things coming up with the drink menu and some things to look forward to. Is there anything else that you you want listeners to know or anything that you guys have um, coming up? I think really it's just kind of just to stay tuned because we've got a lot of, there's a lot of things in the works that I, we don't have dates for yet, but you know, we've been getting a lot of people asking about wine dinners and the other events that are just outside of our normal realm. And those are happening just, I don't have dates yet. So, (laughs) but stay tuned because we will, we will start to bring them back. And now that you know, people seem a lot more comfortable and ready for having those experiences. We're ready to start bringing them back too. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who want to keep up with Antler Room and yeah, any announcements coming, where can people, what's the best way for people to follow along? Definitely Instagram. And then we also, with our new website, we will be able to, I will be much more apt to posting our everything on there as well because it's a lot easier than it used to be so it'll be great to do that through that aspect yeah perfect and for people who don't know what is the uh, instagram handle for antler room it is yes antler room kc i definitely recommend people follow you it's i love following restaurants for many reasons of just you know, keeping, keeping up with them, seeing what's new, but also aesthetically Antler Room's photos, the food, I mean, the food you guys make really is fabulous and it looks great. And it just like, anytime I see a picture that you guys have posted, I'm like, I need a reservation right now. Like I need to try that. It looks so good. So for anyone who loves just their phone being, you know, filled with food photos, Antler Room Instagram is definitely the place to be for that. <laughs> Thank you. Cause I'm really bad about keeping up with it. So I really appreciate when people share their photos. So then I can reshare them. <laughs> and people take really good photos, luckily. So they, I love kind of showing off through, through that area as well. Perfect. Um, I also, I recommend that listeners for anyone who hasn't been to the room, I do recommend making a reservation. You guys do book up pretty far in advance. I think the last time I went to go make a reservation, I had a friend reach out to me, asked if I wanted to get dinner. It was probably on a Wednesday and they asked if we wanted to go on Friday. And she said, why don't we go to antler room? And I said, I will check, but I promise you 
cannot get a reservation two or even three days out, sometimes even a few weeks. So you guys book up pretty, pretty quickly. And then you're closed a couple days um, a week as well. So if you could tell listeners what yeah. days a week you are open. So we're closed Monday and Tuesday, but we are open Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday are definitely a little bit more mellow. Fridays and Saturdays do fill up more of the prime times uh, faster. But we do keep several spots open at the bar for walk-ins. So if someone, I would always recommend coming earlier or later. Um, and then we also, because we have sidewalk dining, we have some flexibility with doing things out there. Obviously, these next couple of weeks may not be most ideal for sitting outside, but we do we do have that. And I, if you're okay with just not coming at you know, 7.30, we usually can get something figured out for dining, even if it's sometimes a little bit last minute. That does seem to be the prime time for many restaurants uh, in Kansas City, which strangely, I'm kind of happy about because I sometimes feel like I associate Kansas City with like wanting to eat at 5 p.m. and then everyone being in like bed by 7 so it's kind of nice to see that there's like later times that are more popular shows. I think that shows people are like out enjoying their night, enjoying the town. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always, you know, it to me, I love having, you know, going somewhere maybe and getting a drink first and then going to dinner. Or if you eat early, then you have your whole night ahead of you and you can do go to two other places, you know, go eat dinner. Like we have a one guest that I love so much and she comes in and she has one glass of wine one vegetable plate and one pasta and then she'll leave and she goes and has dessert somewhere else and then she goes home and she watches her shows and it's really cute but I don't think that you necessarily like we love when people come in and just have a couple things and then they go do something else and it's great I, I love a good progressive dinner. I have a friend, Molly, who does them often where I think she'll grab pre-dinner drinks. Her and her husband will grab appetizer. They'll go to another restaurant, kind of great main, main entrees, and then dessert and dessert cocktail after. And I just think that's such a fun way of maximizing, exploring, and finding new things, finding what you like, you know, pairing together. And so I really love that idea. I've only done it a couple of times, but I, I love that. And with Antler Room's portions, it's a perfect place for anyone who wants to do that to, you don't have to load up on, you know, six, seven different dishes and going with other people, you know, you can go by yourself with one other person and just get a couple things. And, um, and that's, I don't think with Antler Room, it's not a very large restaurant. So I do not recommend coming in with like a group of eight necessarily. I definitely recommend coming in with, you know, a couple of other people. <laughs> yes, we are an intimate yet lively space. <laughs> yes. As I said, everyone, uh, go make sure you're following Antler Room on Instagram. Check out their new website. Be sure to get a reservation. And uh, Leslie, thank you so much for, for being here. I love hearing your story and your travels. And I, I really do love, I think, Antler Room offers just such a unique menu that you can't find at other places. And I think it's just one of the dozens of reasons that 
you guys are such a great restaurant. One of my favorite restaurants in Kansas city. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And I appreciate our conversation and I can't wait to see more new faces. Yeah. Well, go follow them on Instagram and you can uh, follow me as always at Casey by Sari. And we will see you next week. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School papa pira papa pa Casey's Confidential.